Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about the state of cloud security, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with Grady Summers. He's CTO with FireEye. Grady, thanks so much for joining me today. You bet, Tom. Good to be here. Talk to me about some of the trends you've seen. Specifically, how have you seen the threat landscape evolve this year in terms of both the attackers and their attack vectors? Sure. You know, it almost feels cliched because I feel like every year we say, ah, the threat landscape continues to evolve and we throw that around a lot. This really was a unique year, I think, though, in terms of the types of actors we saw, the threat vectors uh, that, that they're going after. You know, at FireEye, we, we do a lot of research into the threats. And this year, if I look back, we talked about uh, emerging threat actors on North Korea with APT-37 and APT-38, both of whom we, we wrote reports about this year. We exposed a big Iranian influence uh, operation that impacted um, Facebook uh, in a pretty large way and, and had a lot of media attention around that. We saw APT-10, uh, an actor we've tracked for a while, targeting you know Japanese companies in a new way. And we talked about uh, Triton malware that attacked ICS environments. Uh, we saw Fin7 in the news. You go on and on. China it seems to be back after a few years of laying low. And uh, we saw uh, using groups like Temp Periscope targeting Cambodia in front of their elections and targeting engineering and maritime companies. Yeah, I mean, you could go on and on down the list, right? It seems like just new threat actors, it's old threat actors coming back and targeting new industries. And then in the vector, we, we've started to see more and more attacks against cloud infrastructure. And that would make sense, right? More and more of our, our clients are moving to the cloud. It would make sense that the threat actors follow there. But that's that's something new as we do more and more investigations that start to touch on public cloud properties, you know, assets that are workloads running in AWS or Azure. So it's certainly been, you know, like we say, continued evolution and, and continued um, targeting of organizations in different ways and new vectors. So, Grady, to follow up on that, where do you see organizations most vulnerable to attack, particularly when it comes to cloud defenses? Well, I don't know that orgs are really like more vulnerable to attacks uh, when when they're targeting the cloud. In fact, I think in so many ways we see uh, security being better in the cloud. Uh, it seems kind of counterintuitive because for years organizations have been a little bit reluctant to move to the cloud, feeling that, well, I can't have my hands on it. It's not in my data center. Maybe I'm lacking visibility. We find that if instrumented right, though, kind of out of the box cloud, public cloud environments at least, tend to have better visibility. It's just a matter of making sure that organizations are, are harnessing some of the built-in telemetry that you get from those uh, Azure tenant logs or the AWS cloud trail logs. So we find visibility can often be better, uh, but orgs have to have to grab that, have to know what to look for, uh, and have to make sure they've, they've got that on hand in case they need to do threat detection or, or incident response. So it's Partly kind of making sure you've got that visibility, and then a big part is making sure you have the expertise to analyze sort of a different sort of telemetry that you might be used to uh, when you have the servers in your own data center. For organizations that lack the visibility, lack the, the expertise, how do you see their enterprises being impacted? Well, it it's, often means that organizations are caught a little bit flat-footed, and so sometimes we'll get a call from an organization that needs help doing an instant response. They think they've been breached. And, you know, some organizations have done pretty well to start to get the right data up front, the need for detection and response, kind of in the traditional IT infrastructure. 
some, and I'm, I'm generalizing a little bit here, but we just find that orgs who've started to put workload in the cloud without thinking this, uh, thinking these these processes through in advance, uh, are kind of scrambling. So you say, okay, do we do we, have we been capturing uh, those cloud share logs? Can we go back get them? Do we have VPC flow logs available to us? So I think it's just a it impacts those orgs because they often haven't thought about it upfront, and we see a little maybe a little more scrambling. Everybody understands how to send. You know, proxy logs uh, into their sim, or to be capturing DNS lookups uh, in a legacy or, or rather a traditional IT environment. It's just a little bit different in the cloud, so it's just that process of learning. But unfortunately, sometimes learning in the midst of a breach. Well, it's pretty clear then. You're seeing a range of cloud maturity in the organizations you see. If you were to summarize, what would you say are the key challenges for these organizations as they shape their cloud security strategies? for the new year? Yeah, you know, it, in, in a lot of ways, yes, you know, workloads are moving to the cloud, but the fundamental challenges are the same that they've been for the last several years. Uh, we see a lack of talent. We see a lack of talent kind of resources and information security in general. You know, organizations struggling to have the, the right folks in the SOC to have people who can, you know, do incident response and forensics. And that doesn't change whether we're talking about kind of traditional IT or the cloud, right? It's it's not having that expertise when you need it. So many of our clients that we work with uh, are sitting on you know tens or dozens or some in some cases for big orgs, hundreds of of open recs where they're trying to hire this this talent. So lack of talent is kind of a constant. I think another constant is this lack of actionable intelligence and in knowing how to apply it. So more and more organizations, certainly our clients, are starting to pull in threat feeds from different sources, a commercial intel provider, or uh, maybe collecting open source intel, or they are part of an ISAC that's providing threat intelligence. So that's that's gotten a lot better in the last few years, but they don't always know how to apply that efficiently to the data they're getting. You know, it's, we, we always say that uh, kind of threat data is not the same as threat intelligence. So how do you take those data feeds uh, from a pr provider, from open source, and actually turn it into actionable intelligence that you can use in your organization rather than just having an inbox that's filling up with, with lots of threat feeds? So, Grady, if you look at these two areas, you talked about talent and intelligence. What does FireEye bring to the table to help these organizations to bolster their defenses? Well, you know, FireEye and, and through our Mandian division is certainly known for um, the expertise we have, and uh, we're very well known for incident response. And more and more clients are using us for uh, preparedness as well. You know, proactive orgs are saying, you know, we're, we're flat footed and we're behind the ball. And frankly, it's more expensive if you're just calling Mandiant when you get breached. How can we use Mandiant to help develop our defenses up front? So we do provide, we help fill that talent gap uh, through our, our Mandiant division. But we also know that. When you have an industry like ours with so many open requisitions and such a shortage of talent, you can't always just throw more resources at it. We have to be smart with technology that enables services. And so we're pretty proud of how we try to build what we learn from consulting into our products. And we, we talk a lot at FireEye about the innovation cycle. And at first glance, it might just look like a marketing thing. You know, we have a little, a little cycle that talks about that flow from uh, services and instant response into our products. But this is something that's very real to us. And it's something that our, our CEO, Kevin Mandia, has pushed from his first day leading the company is what separates FireEye is that we can take what we learn in the field, 
uh, you know, on the cloud, it's specifically about 15% of the breaches we've worked over the last year have had a cloud element. So how can we take what we're learning and put that into our products? So yes, we can help customers with services, but we also want to help technology-enabled services and products that kind of reflect what we're learning. So one way we've been doing that, and a big focus of the company has been FireEye Helix. And Helix is where we can bring together not only data from FireEye products, but third-party data from across the enterprise, from any vendor, pull that into one place, make it quickly accessible for incident response, uh, make it easy to pivot and stack and analyze that data for threat hunting, but then apply the industry's best threat intelligence to that data as well. So I talked earlier about organizations that are challenged to make Intel actionable. Well, we want to do that out of the box. We, we don't think organizations should have to spend uh, you know, a, a lot of resources and time and money to make that Intel actionable. So with FireEye Helix, organizations get eyesight threat intelligence, uh, the entire corpus of that FireEye Intel applied to their data as it comes in. And sometimes that's through atomic indicators where, where we'll match on a domain or, or an IP address. Um, but more and more frequently now that's through analytics and through the machine learning modules that, that we've baked into Helix. Again, you know, born in the field, born in the trenches, the stuff that we see on an engagement, and we can turn that into an analytics module or heuristic module in Helix. So the data is coming in, we're applying um, everything we know, the, the TTPs and our knowledge of how an attacker works, make it quickly accessible. And then perhaps most importantly is driving orchestration off of that. So Helix uh, embeds our FireEye Security Orchestrator, a uh, product that's we've been uh, acquired at some technology initially about three years ago. We've continued to develop, and it's really a, a full-featured, mature suite to enable orchestration. And we support about 160 third-party products, and so we can manipulate those uh, according to a predetermined playbook that an organization has. Um, and then we run it all for a company. And, and that, that piece alone, that managed infrastructure has been a big boon for orgs that are short on talent. I was just meeting with some um, financial institutions this week who are struggling with the fact that they have, in some organizations, it's five. I met with one org that had 15, a team of 15 people who are responsible for just maintaining like a SIM infrastructure for writing playbooks. We want to kind of take that burden off of a company. So if I, I string all that stuff together, have a place now you can bring any kind of intelligence, make it easily accessible, make it make it available for response, for hunting, we're applying everything we know to that data. And that really helps organizations understand where do I need to focus? What's the most important? Yeah, I might've gotten 40,000 IBS alerts in the last several weeks. I'm overwhelmed. Well, we can apply that FireEye intelligence and tell you, look, out of those 40,000 alerts, here are the 10 that are state-sponsored actors that you need to start with. And then, like I said, most importantly is using orchestration so you can drive down your costs, you can improve your incentive cycle time, uh, and you can do it with fewer resources. So Helix is, we're putting a lot of effort into making sure we can deliver on that promise of sort of that operating system uh, for the Security Operations Center. Grady, we started this conversation talking about the crowded threat landscape. The marketplace is just as crowded. How does FireEye differentiate itself from others in this marketplace? Yeah, and so I'm glad you asked because that's probably the first question that when I'm out talking to a, a prospective customer, they ask too. It seems like, okay, that's great, uh, Grady, but everybody seems to have an Intel feed now. Uh, we hear a lot about orchestration. Um, it's easy to kind of get get lost in the, that sea of buzzwords. But I always bring it back to one thing. I mean, there's one thing that, that FireEye does uniquely well compared to everybody else in this space, 
And that is, we're the ones that are responding to those breaches that matter. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate that uh, when a customer is in a tough spot, we can help them out. We can help them out more quickly because we understand the attacker. We take what we learn and we put that in our products. So we're proud of the fact that we can say uh, our FireEye suite of products and services is probably the best informed and the most knowledgeable of the industry. And we focus on like making that real in our products. So when a customer buys FireEye Helix or another one of our, our FireEye products and services across our you know, endpoint or network or email or managed defense offering, they're getting real threat informed, actionable information so they can prioritize better and solve incidents quicker. So, you know, what's different? Uh, it's it's what we know. It's expressed through orchestration, our rules, and our intelligence. We're also proud of the fact that, you know, we started, Tom, talking a little bit about uh, the cloud and how things are different in the cloud. This offering wouldn't be complete if we couldn't natively integrate with those, the sources of cloud telemetry that I was talking about. And so our customers can know out of the box when they get FireEye Helix, they can integrate with those, you know, whether it's Google, um, Google's platform or Azure or AWS. Within minutes, they can point those sources into Helix and be getting those really actionable alerts that they can then use to drive orchestration or response off of. Grady, well said. I appreciate your time and insight today. Thanks so much. You bet. It was great chatting with you. We've been talking about the state of cloud security. I've been speaking with Grady Summers. He's CTO with FireEye. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.